Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts in the ag industry. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots. Welcome back to another episode of Capital Roots. Today, we've got Brad Wiest, President and CEO of the nationally famous Natural Bridge Caverns. Brad, I've, I've got to keep Clint here from just making fun of me. Did I get the name right? Yes. I mean, yes. That, was, that, was, that was great. I, I really liked how you threw in that nationally famous, although I would, I would rather you use like internationally famous. That Galactically, way. maybe? You know, that's even better. Okay. There I mean, go. I like to shoot for the stars. Don't think small. We don't like think small thinkers uh, oh here. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's right. Think bigly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Think big. Did you say bigly? I did. Can you Is spell that? that? No, I'm just kidding. Is that a real word? I'm kidding. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Brad, we're so glad to have you. I'm, I'm excited to learn a million things about the caverns. So okay. um, maybe just tell us a little bit about your family and how the caverns came about or just give us... Start your spiel, if you will. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll start. I'll start way, way back. Let's do it. You know where where it all kind of begins with our family and in the land. Uh, so my family has been living on the land where Natural Bridge Caverns is, our family ranch. Uh, Which so is where? Let me ask you in, that. Between San Antonio and New Braunfels. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, family's been there since 1884. Uh, the Wiest family were some of the uh, founders of the town of New Braunfels. And oh, so wow. it was my great, great, great grandfather, uh, Adam Johann Wiest, who, who came over on the boat uh, to Galveston and then, and then settled in the uh, New Braunfels area, okay. uh, came over with Prince Psalms. And so he's actually one of the, one of the uh, uh, individuals who signed the, the uh, city charter. Wow. Uh, so yeah, founding founding family uh, in the area, uh, but uh, the the family did not settle on the land where our ranch is now until 1884. 1884. That's a few years ago. It's it is. It's a few. It's a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. a couple of years before Texas A and M University. Where existence? <laughs> Have you heard of it, Mister Raider? Oh yeah, y'all got a new football coach recently. Anyways, back to yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Um. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's so that's our that that's when our roots kind of set in. You know where we are. And uh, originally, the uh, the ranch was settled by my great great grandfather Louis Forsagi. Uh, he had two daughters, no sons, and uh, and then um, the Charles Weist. Uh, uh, came into the picture and bought the neighboring ranch and it was in and, and this was in 1898 okay. and uh, it was in the winter and he wanted to wait until the spring to start building his his barn and house and so he uh, talked to his his neighbor uh, Louis Forsagi and got permission to to stay on the Forsagi ranch uh, but it was a small ranch house you know a, a uh, uh, Louis Forsage's wife and and two daughters, you know, and uh, and so uh, Charles Weist had to sleep in the hayloft of the barn, and so he he spent the winter uh, in the hayloft, um, and but of course fell in love with one of the daughters, and uh, and they were married, so kind of smart, you know, uh, marrying the 
neighbor's daughter and expanding yeah. your holdings. Uh-huh. Or, I, mean, I think she <laughs> probably thought that was smart, you know, marrying the uh, neighbor and expanding her holdings. Business-minded children. I like it. Okay. Yeah, there uh-huh. you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, that's, that's our family. Go. It goes back to, to that time. And so we have been a, uh, a ranching family um, ever since uh, that time. And that, that tradition, you know, still carries forward to, to this day. Um, but the, the, the caverns uh, operation... Uh, that didn't come into the picture until much, much later. So the the sinkhole and natural bridge sinkhole. at the entrance okay. of the caverns. Here we go. All right, so I'm going to test you. You know what a sinkhole is? I mean, it's a hole that is formed and then takes on more ground around it. Yes, it's in more scientific terms. Yes, that was not too bad. I, you, okay, you're probably used to being the one who asks questions, right? So I'm sorry. About that. I, no, yeah. this is. I, I like you asking him questions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd like for you to ask him some too. But this is this is a fluid interview. <laughs> okay. This is a fluid we're interview. We got to keep it even, right? Yeah. yeah. So okay. All right. All right. Clint, your your turn. Come up next. Awesome. Okay. I'll anyway. try to be prepared. So a that was that was pretty good. So Thank a sinkhole, you. it's I mean it's simply it's it is a it's a cavern chamber uh, that has collapsed due to erosion, you know, from the inside or from you know from the outside. And I think so, with unscientific terms, I kind of got that. You you did kind, kind of. of okay okay so kind, eroded. Kind of, we'll yeah. give you credit for it. Yeah, is it? Was, it was not, I'll take a B minus. Okay. You know, if you if, if you ever want to change careers and become a tour guide. Not a scientist. We're, hire, we're hiring. <laughs> no, I mean we'd be happy to. Perfect. Yeah, I, I think you could do it. Anyway, so yeah, so it's a it's a sinkhole, and ours is unique because there is a natural limestone bridge going across the middle. So the collapse occurred in two stages. One stage uh, left a large opening into the northern section of the caverns, and uh, it's around that time period that uh, Native Americans started utilizing the sinkhole in that area at the mouth of the cave as a shelter. And also when uh, animals started, you know, using, going into that, into that area as well. And, uh, but then at some later point, there was a second collapse that was on in, in that. Is second, this a second sinkhole? No, it's in the same, same sinkhole. Same sinkhole. So imagine another yeah, collapse. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. You got another collapse. The first one created a big mouth into the northern part of the cave it actually closed off the southern part of the cave all right so you got another collapse that occurs and for some reason it left behind this bridge in the middle and so that's where we get our name natural bridge caverns our natural limestone bridge it is 60 foot span of edwards limestone 60 foot you answered a question i had good deal you actually had that question wow mine like a steel trap over here man no kidding that's impressive, yeah. With questions so, like, okay. Yeah, so anyway, okay, so they, so the, the, the sinkhole, the natural bridge, and the first room of the caverns had been known about um, for hundreds and hundreds of years by Native Americans, uh, by all the local farmers and ranchers. Animals. And animals, yeah, and animals too. And so the family knew about, knew about that, but that, that was the extent of the cavern system that they were aware of. And so it was just an interesting geologic feature, you know, on the ranch. And then fast forward to, um, to 1960, uh, there were four guys who were going to St. Mary's University in San Antonio, and they were, they were cavers, so spelunkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, cavers prefer to be called cavers, not spelunkers. That's 
anyway. The caving yeah. community has its the, own lexicon. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. That's Technicalities. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's like the people that are in the know don't call themselves smokers. Yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, anyway, so they're 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 cavers, and so for fun on the weekends, they're you know they're out looking for caves, and so they were in the little community of Bracken down the road, and saw a a rancher at his front gate, and stopped and talked to him and asked if there are any caves in the area, and he said, yeah, out on the on the Weast Ranch, there's this big sinkhole with a rock bridge going across it, and there's a little cave down there. Someone who's not a Weast told them to come on Weast property to go to the cave. <laughs> yeah. The attorney uh, in me is about it, to cut my f- neck off. I'm very upset. Well, okay. So, okay. So, but now I get this. So, it happens to be during hunting season. Even worse. And <laughs> so, the, the respectful cavers think, they prob- you know, we probably shouldn't drive out there like right now. It's, it's in the morning, fairly early. Somebody's hunting. They, you know, we don't, we don't want to disturb them from hunting. So, they waited until after hunting season and um, came back out. And at that time, there, were no, there was no public road access to our ranch. So, you had to go through four of the ranches just to get onto our, our ranch. Uh, so, what is Natural Bridge Caverns Road right now, FM3009 didn't exist. So they got directions and from a weast? No, from no, from someone in Bracken. I am dead, but continue. I, I, I know, yeah. <laughs> and so they crossed over these three other, you know, or four other pieces of property, and, and then got to our property and drove up to the, the ranch house and talked to my grandmother. She, okay, okay, uh, okay. Talked to my grandmother uh, to get permission, and she was a, she was a widow at the time, so during the drought of the 50s, I'm, I'm like skipping around here, I'm, I'll tell y'all this story, and then I'll get back on to the caving thing, so during the drought of the 50s, um, my grandfather, uh, died in a ranching accident, and so, terrible drought, and, uh, they, you know, the cattle had eaten up all the grass, they'd used up all of the feed, all the hay they had, could not get any more uh, because of how widespread the drought was um, at that time. And so he was using a pear burner to burn the thorns off the prickly pear cactus. And um, back then, the pear burners used kerosene. And it was, you know, it's a little more volatile. And uh, so his pear burner got a it got a clog in the line anyway the, the the fire sucked back up into it and and the tank exploded <laughs> and severely burned him and he he was able to get back in his truck drive back to the house and and passed out in the driveway and my grandmother uh she heard the truck running and he normally would he would have breakfast, leave, and he'd be out working on the ranch all day and wouldn't come back until after dark, after he had finished his chores at the barn and everything. And so she knew something was wrong and went out and found him and pushed him over and drove him to the hospital. And he he died uh, from his burns uh, about four days after that. So she, she was a widow. And my dad, at the time when his father passed away, he was 16. And so he had to become the man yeah. of, of the family in, in the ranch. So greatly changed, you know, his, his, life, his life yeah. from a very young age. Um, so, at, so when the caverns was discovered, it was, you know, my grandmother was running the ranch with the help of my father uh, and then my aunt, uh, who was younger than my father. And uh, so anyway, so these guys 
come up, talk to her, and, and how they were able to convince her to let them go caving, I, 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 it's, it's hard to fathom. This hard-headed German woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she said later that there was, there was just something about those boys that she trusted them and mm-hmm. she was intrigued by what they might find. And so she gave them permission uh, to go exploring. And so my father took them and showed them where the, the sinkhole was and the entrance to the cave. And so they went in and explored. And it was actually on their fourth trip back that they uh, found a small crawlway that led into the main cavern system. And they made the, made the big discovery. So that's, that is, that's how the cave was discovered. Um, the, uh, then, you know, how does it go from that to actually becoming like a, a, a an attraction, attraction, right? Before you get yeah. to that. So the, that's how like you all discovered the limestone bridge and the second collapse and such. No, the family knew about the sinkhole and the bridge and the first room of the cave. Okay. So then those boys that found something further. That's yeah. Beyond that. So what is that? Okay. So they so really interested in the ge- geographics of all of this. Gotcha. Down there. Okay. All right. So <laughs> if you, so kind of going back, all right. So this, the, what formed the sinkhole is collapse. So it, 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 it must've been a really large room. Okay, at one uh-huh. time in this, and it's a it's a vast cavern system. Okay, so this was a. I'm large, at the second collapse. I'm good to the second. collapse. You're good to the second collapse. Okay, so yeah, so this okay second collapse probably occurred. Um, geologists theorize, and then archaeology kind of supports this, and I can talk about that later too. Um, about five thousand years ago is when the second collapse likely occurred. Um, so the guys when they come and explore. Uh-huh. All right, so it's it's a it's a sinkhole has a natural bridge across yep. the middle. There, you could crawl into a small cave, okay, r- chamber. And at the time, it was that was the only you know area the chamber that was known. All we knew about, right? That's all it's known about. And so so these guys are exploring, and they're they're finding you know new crawlways or areas that that um, perhaps had been accessed before. And um, there was there was this one uh, little room that uh, in the corner was kind of a pile of rocks and rubble, and uh, they you know they kind of had a note to self when they were going checking some other areas. We got to you know at some point we checked that that location out over there, and so on this trip they did. They started clearing you know some of, of those rocks and, and debris. And it uncovered a, a small crawlway. And so they uh, started going through this small crawlway. The, the first guy to go through, his name was Orion Knox. And um, it was really tight. In some areas, uh, less than 11 inches space between the floor and ceiling of the crawlway. It's about a 60-foot crawl that he went through and then popped out into what is now known as Pluto's anteroom. And that was the first room that was actually discovered in 1960 and then from that point it's it the, the cavern system is just it's, it gets okay. bigger and bigger and bigger large large so these chambers. boys discovered was now become the business they what they discovered 
uh, has it is now our it's our discovery tour. There we go. Where we take guests through the first half mile of this northern section of the cave. Yeah, that's right. So thankfully, even though counterintuitively, she trusted those boys because that's what led to Natural Bridge Caverns as it stands today. That's right. Gotcha. Absolutely. If it, yeah, if it weren't for <laughs> them coming out and yeah. her giving them permission to go and explore. Who knows um, if we, you know, when or if we would have yeah. discovered, you know, this vast cavern system. So let's talk about it today. Okay. But uh, I'm curious, is there any estimation how big the, I don't even know, how you, uh, I wanted to say facility, but the. the how the, big the cave yep. is, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it is, it, this is kind of, this is interesting, you'd, you'd think, okay, being discovered in 1960, by this point, we would have explored everything, and we would know how vast, you know, the cavern system is, but that's that's not the case. I don't think we that. Are, I think there's so much more. We are, we are still making yes. discoveries to this day. I mean, literally, like this past, you know, this year, we have discovered new areas. This is something that, that uh, I am incredibly passionate about. My brother, Travis is very passionate about we're, we're hardcore cavers. Um, we, you know, we love leading expeditions and, you know, d- discovering more about natural bridge caverns, love, love caving. Um, and it, it's, it, it's so hard to describe guys that the, the feeling, the sensation, uh, to discover virgin passage and know that you are seeing something, that God created for the very first time. No, no human has likely seen it. So your eyes are seeing it for the first time. You're placing the very first footprints there. You know, you're going where no one has ever before been. Heather, uh, Heather's very moved of yeah. There. It's there. There's there. There are there are numerous places I've been in Natural Bridge Caverns where there have been more people uh, on the moon than have been, you know, in this area inside. That's, that's really cool. Natural Bridge Caverns. And so, yeah, you think about, like, where, what are the, where are the unknown, the remaining unknown frontiers? There's really, there's not that many unknown frontiers, right, guys? I mean, you got, you got outer space. You got, there are some of the deepest depths of the ocean where humans have never before been. And then you have caves. Mm-hmm. And, like, every mountain in the world has been summited multiple times. There's mm-hmm. nowhere on the surface that, humans have not been now or we can't like zoom in on google earth and check out that you know you've got the vast areas of of in in the subterranean world that have never never been seen totally pristine and so anyway so i going back to your question so we the it is we are natural bridge caverns is the largest cavern in the state of texas by uh, volume Okay, area. There are some that are long or longer, uh, like Honey Creek Cave is is the longest cave in the state of Texas. But a lot of that is it's small, you know, passages. Mm-hmm. Ours is very large. I mean, like the biggest room you could fit an entire football field in the Hall of the Mountain King. So it's it's a big Hall of the Mountain King. Hall of the Mountain King. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's big. So we have big big chambers in inside natural bridge caverns and and yeah it's you know it's continuing the the length of the cavern system is is continuing uh to grow and so it's it's over uh you know it's 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 about 
you know, seven miles right now. And but just continuing getting longer and longer and and, and bigger and bigger. So yeah. three point three point seven miles mm-hmm. length mm-hmm. depth. I mean, I know it continues, but what is it at currently, I guess? Yeah, so uh, it all depends, depends on the room. Depends on where you are in the cave, right? Yeah. What's yeah. the deepest? So the deepest point, if you if you take one of the, the tours that you get to look down into, is 230 feet below the surface. Okay. Okay, yeah. And so we have, there's some areas now that are, that are like 250 feet below the surface. There's several points. Off, off book. Off tour, uh, yeah, off, yeah. off, yeah, okay. that's right. It's yeah. off tour. Yeah, there are there are several uh, points where the cave system goes down and and touches the water table, and uh, interestingly, the, the 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 first area located where the cave system goes down to the water table, um, they uh, it was actually a, a the Dallas Grotto. So Grotto is like a caving caving mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought out a cave radio transmitter and took that down there. And they uh, were able to, with a receiver, pick up the signal on the surface and kind of mark that spot mm-hmm. and got a well driller out, drilled down and hit, actually hit that underground water source, uh, the water table, underground river. That's and cool. it is, and so that is the primary well for the Natural Bridge Caverns operation. And literally, you know, I've been back in the cave to where I can go and, see and touch the the well casing that's really cool look down the shaft yeah from inside inside the cave it's kind of it's kind of neat to be like in a cave and okay here's a well here's a well casing right here so but there's several other places now we've recently found where the cave system goes down and and then touches the the water table that's cool so from a standpoint i'm curious uh the technicality of it Mm -hmm. does Uh like gps work below ground or how do you I'm curious about the mapping and, and yeah. you know, the 3D piece of what the cave looks like and how you know where you're at. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that is a great question. So, yeah, so the, the, the whole cartography aspect of it mm-hmm. is is pretty fascinating, right? Because, you know, how we, now all the land surveying done on the surface, you know, you're you're using uh, GPS connectivity uh, to, to locate yourself in the world, you know, so to speak. Um, so in the cave, you don't have that. Um, now what we, what we have done to, to, uh, kind of, you know, true up our surveys or to make them as, as precise and accurate as possible is we will, we will survey out of the cave, uh, and then tie in to a control point on the surface that is, uh, established by, by GPS. Okay. But, you know, basically you can survey from that, one of those control points, you know, down into the cave, and and in the instrumentation that we we now use uh, for surveying is so much more advanced than than you know mm-hmm. what was used in the past. And now we use we use um, uh, it like y'all may be familiar like with the Leica distos that are used in construction for getting a bearing mm-hmm. and 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 getting a, a precise laser range distance. So years back, cavers hacked those and modified them to where they would also give you inclination mm-hmm. so you get mm-hmm. you get declination inclination and then the distance all from one laser press, press the button mm-hmm. yeah and so that was it's interesting that like like i didn't make them where they could do that do that but so these cavers 
hacked them and 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 so we we have some of those units and then there have been some some other brands of units now that come out but basically it's giving you it your your uh, distance and then in, in inclination and declination and then so we will with a survey team you t- typically have you know three uh, people you've got a point person who is setting a, a survey station okay and then you have uh, someone running and, th- and they'll have an instrument uh, and then you'll have someone who is uh, doing the forward shots and so they'll stand at the, you know a station shoot to the next station and then you have someone who runs the the sketchbook and so they're recording all of that information and at the same time making a sketch of the passages and chambers that you're going through. And so I, I do, I run that, you know, quite a bit. I'll, you know, on a team, I will typically take the, the sketchbook and I'll record the survey data and then I'll be, I'll st- make a sketch or a map of the areas that we're, we're going through. So that's how, that's how we do it. And then that come that data comes out. A lot of times that data book is, you know, it comes out real dirty and muddy and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but anyway, then we, we have a software program, uh, that, that, that goes into, uh, to create, uh, the map, uh, of the cave. And then I've got a, one of my team members, he's a guy who works, works for us. He's also a geologist and he's, he's good at the, the, doing the mapping at that stage and making it, making it look good, making sure everything, you know, lines up precisely and stuff. Well, that's really interesting. It's yeah. a lot more scientific than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you, yeah. Natural, yes, but in terms of cartography and such. But it leads into my next question. As an attorney, I'm very nervous about sending humans into 11-inch crawl spaces and, and you know having them come out alive and not sue me and such. So tell me about that. That aspect of it, sure. <laughs> hey, that's, that is, that's an important aspect, right? Yeah. Okay, and so we, we are, we're very, very, I guess, um, um, particular about who. Selective where they can go. Yeah, yeah well, and who we allow to uh-huh. go. So, so um, you know, of course, pretty much every caver that lives would like to have the opportunity to get to go you know caving in natural bridge caverns uh-huh. right it, it, we don't allow that and so we oh so there's like a general public national natural bridge caverns so, and then like an expert yeah sure so we've got we have our commercial tours of natural bridge caverns uh-huh. that our, our guests come and take a cavern tour um, on concrete pathways with yeah. stainless steel handrails and lights. Okay. Yeah. We have. I the, feel better now. Yeah. And in this, we have like a, a next level. We've got adventure tours uh-huh. um, where we will suit guests up. They, they sign, sign a liability release waiver. Well, yeah. Yes. And we suit them up in <laughs> caving gear, helmets, lights. We outfit okay. them. And, and then two highly experienced, trained caving guides take them on an expedition into a area of the cave off trail. And, and, th- and it's a very specific designated section of the cave. That could be the area they walk. Yeah. Okay. And so, so we have several of those adventure tour experiences okay. for people who want 
you know, something a little more adrenaline pumping, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they want to have more a more exclusive experience. And so we have some really cool areas that we can take people off trail uh, like that. And even, even, you know, kids, uh, and they can, they can get one of the tours, um, is, um, it's very much down and dirty, typical Texas caving. I mean, you do a lot of crawling, you do get really, really filthy and, uh, you get to go back in the, in our, in the discovery cave, uh, actually to the point, the furthest point where the discoverers went on their discovery expedition and look down this giant pit and, and it's an intersection point where the cave continues on for miles and miles. Okay. And uh, that's where one of the tours goes. And then we have another one where they go into a really pretty area and we have some ropes rigged up and they actually get to experience a little bit of rope work and do mm-hmm. a traverse, mm-hmm. which is a traverse over a, that's about a 35 foot deep pit. So it's, it's pretty exciting, you know, yep. kind of going, yeah. going across that. And that's uh, traverses are one of the things that we rig up inside the cave in certain areas where that, that application works, works well. We do, we do a lot of rope work. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of areas of natural bridge caverns where it, it requires, um, uh, rope work, uh, SRT, which means single rope technique to, to access, uh, these areas. But anyway, so well, <laughs> going I, back on your liability. Yeah, thing, huh? so, I was just on your website and I saw yeah. our own, our very own David Harrison, like holding a popsicle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> going to translate to like a, a crawl space. And, and that's not a David thing. Like I, I could, I wouldn't do a lot of that stuff. So yeah. I was just I like, think Harrison just got a new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> David, if you're listening, that could have yeah. just as easily been my name. I'm just not a model on a website. You are. So, you know. <laughs> well, you may his children are also oh, in, in, okay. in some of those pictures yeah. too. Yes, they've over the years they've 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 been models for us on uh, numerous occasions. But so we have so those are experiences that guests you know get to partake in. We when we have expeditions for a a purpose of uh, discovering surveying you know mapping more of the cavern system um, it you know we've had uh, other projects and we, we may talk about these things later too we've got a, a archaeology uh, we've had archaeology projects uh, where we've worked with uh, the Center for Archaeological Research out of at, at UTSA to study, you know, the prehistory at Natural Bridge Caverns. Well, that was a question. I yeah. was going to say, okay. all of this data, do y'all report it? Do y'all work in conjunction with anyone? Like, this is, we do. A, yeah. this is yeah, fascinating. We've, yeah, we've got, I mean, we, yeah, we work with various partners, and we have multiple scientific, you know, projects going on, all, you know, all the time at Natural Bridge Caverns. And so, so you know, so those are, like, archaeology is one of them, right? So the, the sinkhole area uh, ha- is... Um, has a wealth of prehistory. So we, we partnered with uh, the Center for Archaeological Research to do a study there. And, um, and they, they, we identified a nine-meter dig site right below the natural bridge, okay? And that's, that's where the study was conducted. And in that spot, we found hundreds and hundreds of artifacts mm. and m- multiple cooking hearths at different depths and and so as a result of that um and they're all perfectly insidious so in in the perfect layers had never been like you know plowed up churned up disturbed right so everything is 
perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, Did you find any dinosaur bones? Please tell me oh, you found a dinosaur gosh, bone. Not yet. God, I keep looking. I know. We found a lot of other bones. We found okay. a lot of bones of what the, these uh, people were eating oh, back then. Okay. okay. So, but, but I'm going to pretend it was a dinosaur ah, bone. But no that's dinosaurs. Yeah, okay. they, they weren't eating any at, at this time. They weren't okay. eating any dinosaurs. But anyway, so, we, so as a result of that, that archaeology study... Uh, Natural Bridge Caverns is now in the National Register of Historic Places for the archaeological significance. I'm clapping. So it's it's cool. And uh, and then at you know at some point in the future we could do other you know uh, archaeology studies in the sinkhole because we only checked out one little nine meter area. So everything else is like perfectly undisturbed. And so there's a lot there's a lot more wealth there in terms of you know archaeology as technology technology advances there may be other ways of of looking at what's down there other than actually digging it up so that so that that's the archaeology side of things um and then on paleont the paleontology side um we have we're a project we're partnered right now with the university of texas studying um small wild cats and so y'all okay if i kind of go off on a on a wildcat yep. tangent. Wildcats. We like wildcats. Wildcats, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like wildcats too. So, all right. So um, back in in the in 1960, uh, in this one chamber called the Dungeon, um, or in Knox, uh, one of the discoverers, uh, they he, you know, found th- this pit and rigged it, rappelled into this big, big room called the Dungeon. And where he touched down on the floor was a skeleton, like a fully articulated, almost fully articulated skeleton, partially covered in, um, in flowstone and, you know, in, in mud and stuff in this room. And uh, so he, you know, later talks, talks to uh, a paleontologist, and, and so the family gives a paleontologist from University of Texas permission to come and take out some of those bones. And and they and they did and saber tooth tiger I and it, it was and it, it was not a saber tooth tiger. <laughs> I was kidding. I was <laughs> kidding. A, it was a small wildcat, not a big wildcat. Um, they, they so they took out part of the skeleton, but the the remainder of the skeleton they left in the in the room. But instead of leaving it on the floor below the pit, they they uh, there piece there were portions of the skeleton that were like partially embedded in, in flowstone. Mm-hmm. And I think the paleontologist was afraid that he would break the, the bones if he tried to get them out. And then they, he didn't have a way to take out these slabs. Right. And so he popped the, the, these slabs loose and then carried them up on top of a debris slope in the chamber, this, this, this slope of breakdown in flowstone, to a high up spot where they would be more protected. And, and left him there. And uh, so anyway, so, so took out what he could. And it, it uh, um, was originally uh, classified as a bobcat. Then later um, was reclassified as a jaguarundi. And then another uh, paleontologist later thought that it was a, a margay. So we don't know for sure what it is, Okay. And so those bones that have been at UT have, there's no more, um, there's no more collagen present 
they've been out, you know, out of the cave. So they, they can't be radiocarbon dated. They can't, there's no DNA analysis that can be done on them now. And back then they didn't have the, the, the technology to do those things. Okay. So anyway, now let, let's fast forward to a couple years ago. What year was it when they were doing these tests? 1960 okay. is when they, okay. when they uh, found, uh, first found that skeleton. Okay. So two years ago, um, I led an expedition back to the dungeon. So the, the dungeon area of Natural Bridge Caverns was not on the, on the map. And, and no one had been to it in decades. And so I was like, well, we need to, we need to go re, re-rig the go access ahead. points to it. We need to survey it and get it on the map. And so we, we uh, had an expedition, went back, did that. And, and, and in, when we were in there, I found the bones that were left behind. And I'm like, whoa, this, you know, this is amazing. I didn't realize that no one realized that the paleontologist did not take all of the skeleton out. So we didn't know that there were some still there. And so now we're wondering, okay, could this be a, a second one? Or is it part of the first one? And that paleontologist is not around to ask anymore. And no, there's no one that we can ask about, about it. And uh, so... Anyway, I start reaching out to, you know, in the scientific community and, and talking to paleontologists and, and, and got connected with uh, paleontologist John Moretti at the University of Texas. And, and uh, he was fascinated and he showed, showed him pictures and he's like, that is a small wild cat. I don't know what kind it is, but that is a small wild cat. And so then he went and looked at the bones that they have uh, there um, at the Jackson School of Geoscience at, at UT. And he's like, you know, I can't tell from the pictures if, you know, if it's the same cat or not. But I'm just going to have to, I've got to get down there and actually see him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, great, are you SRT trained? And he's like, what's that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, single rope technique. Sounds you know, like that's a no. <laughs> like repelling, ascending, you know, rope work stuff. And he's like, uh, no. I was like, okay, we got to get you trained up so we can get you there. And so, so... We, you know, that, that process started getting him, you know, prepared to where he could get, get to the location of the cave. And, uh, and so in the, in the time where he's getting prepared, we've got other projects in the cave going on where we make some, some additional, uh, wildcat discoveries. So, so we, so, um, we, we, in addition to the, to, you know, the, the, archaeology paleontology stuff we've got we've had a ongoing uh biological survey uh going on in the caverns we're working with uh zero environmental out of austin and we're studying the the critters that call natural bridge caverns home and and you know we want to know what lives there and how how can we better manage you know those species and so th- this has been going on now it's, it's a, you know for years and so I had a, t- a team of biologists that I took in and we were, we, you know, going to different areas to put these critter traps out where we can catch the little critters. And they're also looking, trying to find them. And then we went back to some of the, these points where the cave go to, goes down and hits a water table and placing some aquatic species traps back there too, to see what cre- you know, creatures were living in the water. And anyway, um, it was on that expedition uh, one of the biologists, her, the boot blew out, like the sole came off of her boot early in the expedition. 
And so she and one of my team members went back out of the cave and she got a new pair of boots, came back in. And so there was like this, this like halfway through the expedition, a point we were going to come back to like an intersection point. I was like, well, we'll meet you at this spot. And I don't know what time it's going to be, but just wait for us at this location. And then you can join back up. And so she was just killing time and looking for little uh, cave adapted species in this area. And she found uh, cat tracks in the in the clay in the mud in the cave and uh, quite a few and so when we finally meet back up you know we're catching up on how things are going and i happen to be videoing her and so she's telling this story about like when in another cave when she found tracks from a saber-toothed tiger and she's and she's like brad you know what you (laughs) i knew it and you've got you got cat tracks here in, in natural birch caverns and i'm like Aha, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. And she's like, no, you really do. And I'm going to show them to you now. I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, so we, so then, so we discovered these, these tracks. And some of these tracks are literally within feet of this series of pits that the, this cat in the dungeon would have fallen down and, you know, and where this cat would have fallen down and died. So there's, there's this a pit called Kitty Drop One. Where the kit, the cat would have. <laughs> uh, really creative names here, right? Well, no, they are. Yeah. So Hall of the Mountain King really got me. Yeah, that's good. So Kitty Drop One is it's about a twenty foot pit. So so cat survived that fall, and then then you move over about eight feet, and then there's a sixty foot pit, and, and so that was cat didn't survive that. Is that Kitty Drop Two? That's Kitty Drop. Wow, you're good. Thank yeah, you. That's thank you. Brilliant. Well, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, I'd like to remind everybody mm-hmm. about sinkhole one and sinkhole two, or colla- collapse, collapse one, one and collapse two that okay. I, I was tracking. So okay, you're, you're you're paying attention. That's great. I, Clint, how are your notes? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not near as robust as yours. Jim. What I thought. Um, <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. So, so let's talk about naming while we're here. I mean, mm-hmm. did you guys name it, all of those? I mean, I heard some other names. As well, yeah. So the most, dungeon. Most of the names, uh, the discoverers, uh, came up with the names, and they would literally sit around the cafeteria uh, at St. Mary's, and they would, you know, they kind of write down on napkins, you know, hey, why don't we call what are we what are we going to call this area? And so they they named most of is the that channels. kind of their right? They discover they mm-hmm. name okay, yeah, that's right. And I guess we carry that on now is as we make discoveries, we you know whoever discovers it has kind of first dibs on naming it or our team that we, we find a new chamber. It's like, Hey, what should we call this one? And you know, it's yeah. So the discoverers kind of get to get to have, um, that honor. But, but anyway, so that, so that, so that that's how the, this paleo or the paleontology kind of project with these small wild cats started. And then, um, after finding the tracks, um, we show pictures of the tracks to the paleontologist who's still getting trained and he's really getting excited now because now we got the skeleton and we got some tracks that likely are made by the same same cat and then we find in another so there's another um pit before key drop one that's even like bigger like a giant mouth of a pit and, and it's always been kind of a you know we're wondering like well how in the heck did that cat walk by this huge pit right here and not fall in it and then goes over and falls down this small one well 
we found another skeleton um, down Man. in that 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 other pit. It's it's called Blayman's Bluff, and the in the chamber below it is called the Inferno Room. And one of my team members uh, found a bone, and then that led to finding more bones, and it just happened to be another small uh, wildcat. And so we we you know, had a uh, paleontology expedition then with University of Texas where we went in over the course of four days and then we found another skeleton, another cat. So we've had three different... A lot, lot of cats There's a lot of cats. And, uh, yeah, so there's been a lot of cats. Was, okay. So anyway. Was it a saber-toothed tiger? And, I'm, I'm asking for a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I originally said ocelot and y'all didn't hear that because that, that is a small Texas cat. So that is a possibility. Okay, so you tell your buddy that it was not a uh, saber-toothed tiger, the, the it, third it one. It wasn't a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, unless it was maybe a baby. Uh, so I shouldn't say... Thank you, Brad. It, it could be. So it could have been a baby one. All right. So anyway... I didn't tell, hear you giving any educated guesses, yeah. Clint. So, <laughs> I, I, so I'm impressed. So you know, yeah. So the, the four... The four small wildcats that it possibly could be would be Bobcat, uh, Jagarunde, Margay, or an Ocelot. Those are the four most likely scenarios. And could be an older Ice Age cat. Thank you, too. Brad. Thank you yeah. very much, Brad. So you're, that was good. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. Hey, so I'm curious. Any prey species that have been found or a reason for the cats to be down there? And that's a great, that's a great question because the location where these cat skeletons were found and the tracks are more than a mile from the the known entrance. And so it's like, how in the heck do these cats get this far back in the cave? So we were we were thinking, oh, perhaps you know there was another way in at some point in the past. When we were when the paleontologist was out, we were studying the tracks. We were searching for other areas, additional tracks, and 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 in this upper level passage, um, we there's a a chimney in the passage, and up in the we crawled up the chimney and found embedded in the flowstone a piece of a turtle shell okay okay Okay. a piece of turtle shell which there's no way the turtle like walked back into the cave at this point and so it likely washed washed in Mm -hmm. okay and then in addition to that turtle shell the paleontologist started finding um uh snail shells as well and and that only exists on the surface. And so now the theory is that this particular location at some point in the past had an opening to the surface. And so the cats either, maybe they fell down that shaft and survived and were just wandering around in the cave until they fell down pits where they died. Or the other theory- Could he drop one or two? This would be- uh, <laughs> this would be yeah. We may have to rethink our names. It'd be the, this would be the first. Yeah, it'd be like Kitty Drop uh, the original. Kitty po- Drop the prequel. Point five, maybe uh, <laughs> Kitty, Kitty Drop zero point five. You know. Anyway, so we uh, that really got Heather. Maybe my I, my thinking is they were coming in to feed on bats. So bats th- in this area of the cave, there are ancient bat roosts. This and is so, a lot to take in. It is. So I know. So outside of my everyday, yeah. and so they, I like it. They may have been coming in to hunt for bats. That's and that that is a plausible theory, and that's kind of what I think. Okay, I have a question yeah. from your website again that is not David Harrison involved. 
Okay. Um, the temperature down there. Yeah. It's like 70. Mm-hmm. All the time? Yeah, that's right. All the time. So, um, so caves will, they will remain uh, a constant temperature, and that is the average temperature of the area where the cave is. So that happens to be 70 degrees here. So, like, okay, year-round. Yes. So, like, when it's 105, feels great in there. Right. And then when it's 30, it's a little warm compared to the outside or feels good. Uh, like Right, yeah. Okay, it's, it's cool. It's always always you know, 70. It doesn't get influenced when it's colder outside, it's, you know. No. It's always 70. Yeah. Okay, Clint. <laughs> I was just trying. I'm just repeating the man. Well, <laughs> do you think the cats were trying to cool off, maybe? I don't know. Maybe so. So you know what I think is cool about this whole thing? I mean, we've, I've learned a lot about it's caverns since we've been talking. But we talked about, you know, from our perspective, we talked a lot about landowners at, at Capital Farm Credit. We started this conversation and the story really started with a ranch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the perspective of a ranch, it typically doesn't enter the conversation about a whole nother dimension. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that not crazy? Yeah. It's, or mean, if it does the most is like oil and gas, not caverns yeah this mm-hmm. is so wild it's, it's, a, really it's neat. quite a diversification yes you know from from you know ranching operations to the to the tourism industry and interestingly um the the first financial institutions that my grandmother you know went to present her business plan to also thought that was quite <laughs> quite quite a stretch going from ranching to the uh tourism industry which resulted in them typically laughing her out of out of their offices, but uh, she was jokes on them though, because you guys yeah. have quite the operation. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. But and, and you know, thank goodness she was a very stubborn, hard-headed, persistent uh, woman, and she she kept you know kept at it, and finally found a bank that would loan loan her the money to start developing Natural Bridge Caverns. That's awesome. Yeah. So from a standpoint of any of our viewers that might want to come and, and visit Natural Bridge mm-hmm. Caverns, talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, we're, uh, we're open year-round, uh, only closed on Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, New Year's Day, and Easter Day. Uh, so visit, you know, you can visit year-round, and uh, we, have, we have multiple cavern tour experiences uh, that, that from the you know walking on concrete pathways, handrails, um, spectacular lighting. Um, we, we mentioned the you know the adventure tour experiences uh, that we offer. Um, we we actually fairly recently it was at the beginning of of the summer in 2023 opened up our hidden wonders uh, section of the caverns, and this is this is the what would be south of the of the sinkhole okay okay and uh and so uh it is a spectacular tour it is it's so different than our what we call our discovery tour and and so and the reason being is because we go back to those collapses at the sinkhole when that first collapse occurred it sealed off the southern section of the caverns to where uh, you know animals never entered that area of the cave it was it had no influence from okay. the surface at, you know because it was completely sealed and 
Uh, but that that is where our Hidden Wonders tour takes place, and uh, it is it, th- this portion of Caverns has um, it, it developed differently, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it was sealed off, you've got a lot of intricate, delicate formations. It's mm-hmm. famous for extremely long soda straws, mm-hmm. and so these formations are, are literally like the same size as a drinking straw. They're hollow through the center, and when they are in a perfectly undisturbed environment. Uh, like with no bats, mm-hmm. you know, um, airflow, very little airflow, they can grow to extreme lengths. And so we have uh, there, in that part of the cave, there's, there's an area, areas with, you know, hundreds of them that are, wow. you know, many feet long, you know, some 10 feet as long as 15 feet. You call them soda straws? Soda straws. Not a stalactite or? It's a type of stalactite. It is? Okay. Yeah. It's a type of stalactite. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Paid, soda paid attention yeah, in third grade. So they're hollow through the center. So the water, you know, flows down through the center and drips off the, the tip of the, the soda straw, leaving behind a ring of the calcium carbonate. And that's how the, how the formation grows. If it gets clogged, then the water will start to make its way down the outside mm-hmm. of the soda straw, and it starts to Get take bigger. on the shape uh-huh. of like a carrot, and then yeah. it mm-hmm. becomes a more traditional looking. Uh, Not as clean type. though. I like a soda yeah. straw. I think. Oh, they're they're really, really yeah. fascinating. Very very delicate, but uh, yeah. So this 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 is a our hidden wonders tour. It's uh, this is a new new product. Uh, we brought in a uh, a lighting company from Germany. Uh, who and they, this is a really creative name, guys. It's, it's called the Cave Lining Company, and uh, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I mean the owner, they're they're, they're good friends of mine. And I give them a hard time about that, uh, but anyway, they are the best in the world, and uh, I know that. I, I for a time period, I was. Um, we, we were very involved, we still are, in the International Show Cave Association, but I was the president of the International Show Cave Association for eight years. Interna- and, and so, traveled the world, seen caves all over, and, uh, and, and so, yeah. They, they, What's the best cave aside from Natural Bitch Caverns ooh. that you've seen? Oh, gosh. Um, like, well, I, I'll say... I'll, Just off, I'll gun start, to your head. In, I'll start in Texas. <laughs> the... Uh, Caverns of Sonora. Caverns of Sonora is okay. it's beautiful um, and uh, spectacular cave. Uh, you know, there's so many other spectacular caves in the United States. Uh, Carlsbad Caverns is immense internationally, beautiful inter internationally. Um, uh, some spectacular caves. Uh, Frassassi in Italy, uh, absolutely spectacular. Postonia in Slovenia. Uh, spectacular uh, cavern system. If if you look, if you like ice caves, ice caves are super mm-hmm. cool. Uh, ice Reisenwelt in Austria is the largest ice cave show cave in the world, and you ride a gondola up to the top of it to to go tour the cave. Um, I'm not sure I'll ever learn as much as I am right now again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is so informative. If you're in Australia, uh, Janolan caves is uh that's a spectacular cave system so there are there are so many uh, incredible cave systems up you know around the world and it i always hate it when people ask me like oh what's what's the what's the best cave because (laughs) i hate what you just asked me (laughs) because all of my buddies in the industry are like all right brad why didn't you mention my cave (laughs) and uh but anyway um it it, no truly as someone who appreciates caves i i love all caves and there's unique 
you know, attributes to, to all of them. And yes, some are much bigger than others and some are, uh, you know, more highly decorated. Uh, but, uh, there's, there's, and then this cool thing, it's all caves are different. You know, yeah. every, you, you, every cave is going to be a different experience when you, when you go in and, and see it. Yeah. So natural bridge caverns, you have a website with pictures? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real easy. Just naturalbridgecaverns.com. Um, and you can, you can learn about all the, all the, uh, you know, everything that we have to offer in addition to cavern tours. We've got a lot of surface attractions. Now we have a giant, uh, ropes course, uh, in zip line. Um, it's actually zip rails. They're a little bit zip, different than zip lines because not only are you riding it going like at a downward angle, but it, it, you have turns. Oh, that's cool. On these zip rails. So they're, it's super fun. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so that, that is a really great attraction. That's kind of one of our anchor attractions. We actually have people that come specifically for, for that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun. We've got a, a big maze. Uh, it's the Mason Ranch Roundup, so it's got a ranching theme to it. The theme is my father is is out searching on the ranch for a lost calf, and uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, and that's so, cool. Yeah, so so we, we've uh, we've got that. Uh, we we've got uh, wonderful food and beverage, uh, um, and uh, also we have really good food now, really good food, um, and uh, great retail uh, as well. We have uh, a new concert uh, series at oh. Natural Bridge Caverns in, and in, in these are concerts in the cave. So we have oh, in the cave in the hidden in the hidden wonders portion of the cave. There's one big room we call the ballroom, and so we we have concerts down there. I bet the acoustics are awesome. They are absolutely spectacular. Yeah, the acoustics are That's amazing. Cool. Yeah, and so. Yeah, so we've got multiple concerts this month, actually. Is it, is it 70 gr- degrees in the ballroom, too? It is, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah, it's 70 degrees. Now, okay, full disclosure here, it is humid in the cave. Okay, so it's, huh. it's 99% <laughs> glad, humidity. Glad I asked. Yeah. So it can, be, if you're exercising, you know, down there, it can feel warmer than 70, but it is. It's it a is rave concert. You yep. may just yep. appropriately. Yeah, you really like it. <laughs> you may feel a little bit warmer. Uh. So, yeah, but uh, no, so we have, yeah, we have concert, concert series. We've got, uh, we are just starting this weekend, uh, Christmas at the Caverns. And so it's, it's every weekend, December, um, and then the week of Christmas, it's every, every night. And uh, with that, we've got uh, everything is lit up beautifully on the surface. We've got a uh, trail of lights. We have uh, now it's the it's the amazing reindeer roundup. Uh, Santa searching for his his reindeer. Um, we've got a little hay maze for the little little kids and uh, a uh, a it's a faux ice skating ring. It's not real ice, um, but it's it's fun for the kids. And uh, we've got s'mores around the campfire. We've got uh, seasonal, you know, food and beverage offerings and still the big ropes course and zip line. And, and, uh, and then um, we have caroling in the caverns. And that's been, that's, that's something we've offered for a lot of years now in the holiday season. And so we have uh, choirs stationed in each room of the, of the caverns and the discovery section of the caverns. And you go through and listen to Christmas carols. And again, the acoustics are amazing. It, it sounds. I'm going to have to check it out. Great. I need to check out the concert yeah. 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 We've got, all we've got some good, good performers uh, coming up pretty soon. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Need to check it out. Awesome. 
Well, Brad, we're getting along in time here. I kind of feel like there might need to be a second conversation. uh, I mean, I can keep going. Absolutely. And I just want to say I'm so impressed with the operation, but I really am impressed with y'all's commitment to developing the caverns into the business it is, but still carrying on the ranching heritage. Here at Capital, we're so committed to ag, and I just, that really speaks to our hearts, and I really, really appreciate that. So, well, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that, and I mean, we didn't even have time to really get into it, but it's the, the, the partnership that we've had with Capital Farm Credit now going on over 20 years has been, has been really amazing, and y'all are incredibly awesome to work with, and, and, I, you know, and I attribute some of the success now that we've been able to have because of, of wonderful partnerships uh, like ours, it's it's it has allowed us to to do things that we would not have been able to accomplish working with a traditional lender, and so it's it's been a great relationship, um, you know, from that that perspective, and and continu- continues on. I mean, I'm you know working with y'all and your partners now, and and, and building a new house on the ranch. Awesome. And, uh, and so yeah, it's been it's been a great partnership, and so we we love working with Capital Farm Credit. Yeah, I'd echo your sentiments. It really takes both of us. We appreciate your, you as a customer. We appreciate the relationship in a greater fashion, though. Yeah. Um, appreciate the opportunity to hear your story today. Well, my my pleasure. I know we. I mean, we barely even got to touch on every, on everything that we may have wanted to. Um, but uh, and I, yeah, I'd be happy to come back another time too. Just like Kitty Hole One and Kitty Hole Two, we'll have Podcast One and Podcast Two. Okay, we could certainly, <laughs> brilliant, certainly brilliant. Do that. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thank Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on Capital Roots. Texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what makes us family. Capital Farm Credit is a proud member of the farm credit system. We finance farmers, ranchers, agricultural producers, and rural landowners, and we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century, whether it be traditional, innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together. Because together, we're better.